Knowledge is Power Podcast Live with your host, Tony Redfield, and my co-host, Madonna Sherwood and Francis Lockins. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live starts now. I was just saying, I lost uh, not everybody on time tonight. I can't believe this. I got the... Hey, Ron, Sherwood, Chris Jones, Unc, and I've got Francis Larkin, and I've got our guest, Coach George Tick-Price. Hello, Coach. How you doing, man? It's We're good to see great, everybody. Man. Everybody's you fine, too, man. It's good I'm to see you, Coach. Everything's a pleasure seeing you and having you here on board with us. It is great to have everybody here with us, and tonight we're going to talk about the new book that the called Locker Room Talk. Coach, first of all, before we get into talk about the, the book, The Locker Room Talk, let everyone know, if, you know, they know you from being an ex-coach here in, in, in uh, uh, Beaumont at Lamar University, but they want to know, you had a career before this, and you were somewhere else before this, and before that, and you was a coach. So kind of break that down to it before we get to talk about the book, okay? Go ahead. Hey, Tony, Guys, I've been a lot of places. I got a chapter in my book called Coaches Are Hired to Be Fired. Uh, But I started off my career at a small private school called Roanoke College. Um, I started off making like six, I'm sorry, $8,000 a year. Uh, I wanted to coach that bad. It wasn't about the money, it was the passion. I graduated from college. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. I didn't get any NBA trials. I had an opportunity to go overseas, but I didn't want to go. And But I wanted to give back to the game. So uh, a Division three job came open called at Roanoke College in Salem, Virginia. I played basketball at Virginia Commonwealth and Virginia Tech. But when I graduated from Virginia Tech, uh, I was at a crossroads to where I go from here. And so uh, our head coach, Said there's a job at Roanoke College just came available. I think I can help you get it. Uh, I think you'll be a good coach. And so I went to uh, interview and uh, I was afforded the opportunity where I was offered the job. And I told them I'll take the job if I'll be the top assistant coach. And once I got there, uh, the next day, uh, the head coach met me and took me to my office. And so I asked him, I said, well, where's the other assistant coach? He said, well, you're the the only assistant. That's why you're the top assistant coach. (laughs) (laughs) That told me right there, man, I got to negotiate a little bit better. So I coached there and we went to NCAA uh, three years I was there. And uh, from there, I helped him write a book on the matchup zone. And a coach from UTeach. University of Tennessee Chattanooga came one weekend and we dissected uh, the matchup zone. And he was he was impressed with me. And uh, an opportunity came a few months later to hire me in Chattanooga. I stayed there for five years and we went on the NCAA tournament. And I stayed there and went back to Virginia Tech and coached two years where I played. And that's when I got introduced to the business. We got fired at Virginia Tech uh, in two years. Uh, and uh, 
I left Virginia Tech and went with Oliver Pennell at Old Dominion University. And after two years, Auburn University came calling. So I went to Auburn University and uh, they gave me a two year contract. And with that two year contract, uh, we got fired again. <laughs> and so uh, I went with the head coach at Auburn to University of New Orleans. Guy name was Tommy Joe Eagles. He died of a heart attack after a couple months there. Wow, and, uh, yeah, I yeah, remember that coach. Yeah, yeah. and I became uh, the interim head coach after he died. The AD painted a, a real gloomy picture. You've never been a head coach. You got seven new players, and you probably won't have a good year. But at the end of the year, we're going to open it up for a national search. I just need you to hold it together uh, through the year. So I called home and told my parents that uh, I've been uh, offered the interim job. And uh, my mother said, look, man, you're not a, ba- a band aid, you're a surgeon. You go out there and perform what you've been practicing to do your whole career. And after about a month, uh, University of New Orleans offered me a three-year contract. Oh, wow. NCAA tournament. Uh, went on the NIT, then I became a real hot head coach. My name became very prominent in college basketball. Now I went on to University of Memphis, stayed there a couple years, and then came to Magnese because I got fired in Memphis. Uh, I went to Magnese, I went to the NCAA tournament uh, at Magnese. They hadn't been there since the Joe Dumas day in like 20, 30 years, man. And, uh, Lake Charles, as you know, Tony is a very polarized city. And uh, just through athletics, you know, athletes teach fans a lesson. They put their hands in the huddle. It's not black and white. It's a team. Right. And you can learn a lot through athletics. Uh, But the the community came together and started supporting Magnese basketball. And then after five years there, they fired again. I went to New Orleans with, uh, I'm sorry, University of North Texas with Johnny Jones, who I hired at Memphis, and then stayed there for a year. And Steve Rockefeller at Lamar uh, came calling, uh, and it pushed my wife and me back closer to her mom at uh, Baton Rouge. Her mother took sick and passed away, but we were able to be closer to her. And from there, uh, Rock got fired, so that means the whole staff got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me a job as a athletic, uh, yeah, athletic coordinator, and uh, I, I did that role for a year. Then the president uh, had a interim VP position open of student affairs. I got the job there. And then that Friday Pat night about six months later, and they asked me to be the interim coach for five games, the last five games of the season. And from there, we ended up winning. Uh, and they offered me a three-year contract at Lamar. And then every year it was almost like a rollover. I ended up being the coach at Lamar about seven years, five years, or something like that. And then after that, a new AD came in, a new president. And I guess they didn't like what I was doing. So they have on the road again. 
Yeah. <laughs> so right now I'm in Baton Rouge chilling with my wife and grandbaby. Oh, right. oh that's wow. that, that, Absolutely. That's, that's the yeah. life of being a coach. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's yeah. part of it. That's that's part so, of the makeup. All part of you can't take it personal. No. Now I ended it. up uh, doing a color analyst work for ESPN Plus doing college basketball season. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I work with the Southland Conference. University right. of New Orleans and ESPN Plus. And uh, while I was doing that, in my spare time, I was writing my book. And that's how I end up with this book, Locker Room Talk. <laughs> Let's talk about the book, Locker Room. Don't talk, don't give all the ingredients that's in it. Let's just, let's just brush through a little bit and tell us just a little bit about it so we can encourage everyone to go out and buy this book from you, okay? Well, I can give you the juicy stuff, but that's a tease. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. For those people that don't. Absolutely. Uh, but the locker room is a player sanctuary, a place where men build camaraderie. Conversations mm-hmm. range from sex, parties, hot women, who's who in basketball, and oftentimes a bunch of rhetoric and opinions about nothing. Mm-hmm. What's seen and said in the locker room must stand the locker room. That's a gentleman's agreement. That's right. Privacy and not for public knowledge is all part of being in the locker room with a bunch of guys that's your teammates. All the tea is spilled. The latest lounge is a place that's visited often. Is your girl some someone guys talk about or a girl guys wonder about? Is she a freak or a lady? What girl had what guy? All of that is discussed in the locker room. There's a private space for athletes to do team building. Your leader must exhibit maturity, character, and leadership. It should be a place where culture and expectations are discussed. A place where players only meetings occur. It should also be a sanctuary where preparation takes place about the opponent. Team spirit and team building are connected. And Lord knows, let's not talk about the shower area. <laughs> this radio, I mean, this is podcast, so we can't go there. But you see some interesting <laughs> walking through the locker room, headed to the shower. I'll leave it at that. All right. <laughs> locker room talk. So there go LaDonna's question from the other <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm not answering those questions. I, I got to protect the innocent at all times. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few yeah. stories about the locker room. My little nephew played football for uh, University of Arkansas. University. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, he didn't share everything, but yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you can't, but you, you, you go through game, uh, pregame speeches, game plans, scouting opponents. You talk about practice for the next day, your preparation. Uh, a lot of things are discussed. Academics, uh, we have study hall, not in the locker room, but these are strategic plans to make sure our kids get degrees. At Lamar, I graduated 100% of our players All right. absorb their uh, senior year. So uh, I'm real proud of the fact that we did accomplish that and get our young men ready for uh, life uh, that's coming ahead and the challenges of life that they're going to be uh, forced Now, Coach, what, what years were you at Lamar? You gave yeah. us a timeline, but not specific years. I got there in 2000. 
2000. I, I was about to say, I think it was like not long after I graduated from high school. Uh, I graduated from Central in 1999. Uh, 2007, I, I was there and I left in uh, 2021. So, so for a while, so a different, 2007? different capacities, yeah. Okay, I coached. So that was like after I got back from the uh, military. Yeah, yeah. You Were you, you like... Central? Uh, yes, sir, I was. I was Do just you know, about to say... I had one of my best players from Central, yes, Edward sir. Garrett. Yes, sir. Uh, Edward Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. Yes, sir, that's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, well, he was like one of the leading three-point percentage shooters yes, in the sir. country when I yes, had sir. Him. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. I remember that. Yeah. And you said that was up in from 2000 to 2007 or? No, 2007 to 2021. Okay, yeah. That was during my time. I thought you looked very familiar. I was yeah. very I was very appreciative to some of the people that you recruited. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, we, well, what we did. I called it. I caught it, friend. I caught it. I caught it. Oh, okay. I, I'm kind of green at all of this. From 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 Memphis. From Memphis. Oh, okay. You from Memphis? <laughs> Omar Sneed. Omar Sneed played for us over there in Memphis. He's from Beaumont. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Speak, speaking of recruiting, like so I went through the process, like I said, with my with my nephew. Was that the hardest part of, of coaching to you? Uh, not really. That's the easy part is to, to find them. The hardest part is closing the deal to get them to come. Um, different schools have the variety of strengths and weaknesses. And it's really what the kid is looking for. Um, I recruited character not characters and so they had to be guys who uh was going to handle their business in the classroom going to be low maintenance off the court and then once we hit the court give me everything you got because that's what i'm giving you back so that's pretty much uh, the way it was uh with my programs uh, but i love the players that i've coached they all had from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Uh, the music was varied. I learned more rap music. <laughs> At 60 some years old, I knew word for word. Uh, but also in old school, I can go back to Al Green if I need to. So uh, I had to make that adjustment each year because it's a different culture of kids. And that you gotta be able to relate to those kids. But recruiting wasn't as hard. Uh, for me, uh, because I knew I had to identify who was going to be important in that kid's decision. And once I identified that, I got to know that person. And then once I you get them on your side, either he's going to be for you or against you. It's funny that you say that because that's exactly how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I must add that um, you had a phenomenal uh a team when I was in school there in Lamar so I mean the guys were just and it seemed like the program while during my time there while it seemed like it had grown so much so yeah. we were very you know the student engagement was there yep. so yeah 
Yeah. Was that were you there the same year that Lamar actually made it to play Duke? Played who? Duke. No, that was before I got there. Okay. Um, Somebody had texted me and was like, "Was he there when they, when we played Duke?" No, 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 no. Mike, uh, I can't think of Mike's last name, but um, a better Marco. No, not a better no. Beta Marco. He was after Beta Marco. Mike, Mike Dean. Yeah. Mike Dean was the coach. Yeah. That's way uh, back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> So it, it seems like in the book that you wrote, because you called my number a couple times with some stuff that I want to know, especially about the locker room talk. I'm very interested in that. At one point, I thought I had wanted to be a, a sports analyst. Don't know where that came from, but I kind of decided against that a little bit later after I found out how many hours I was going to have to be on the road and away from my family. Yeah. So I just um, so it seems like your book is appealing to both male and female. It is. How did you come up with those hot topics that you that you pinpointed? Like, why did you find that those things that you mentioned as hot topics were a, a thing to kind of push and promote your book? Well, basketball has always been the fabric in which I'm made of. I started off playing a game at like seven, or eight years old. Um, and the way I got started was probably different than most people's journey. I used to go watch the, the grown men play. I was brought up in Liberty View Playground as a project. And uh, I used to sit on the concrete slab and watch them play. And one day they needed a guy, one more guy. And I'm like eight years old, seven years old. And uh, this jailhouse bully named Bertram, he'd been in and out of jail. He said, hey, boy, bring your punk beep out, out here and play. <laughs> and I'm scared to say no. So I went out there and they beat me up pretty good. I got bloody nose and torn clothes. They knocking me out of the place. So I went home that day. He must have played uh, with Jacob's played. I was too scared to quit. So I went home and my mama asked me what was wrong with me. What happened? I told him what happened in the playground and I never would go back. My dad said, oh, you going back. You're going to go back every day unless it's snow on the ground. So <laughs> <laughs> long, I started growing, and I was just as tall as those men, and I became bigger. And then I started giving the punishing whippings. <laughs> then I, mm. I started developing, and I grew, and I always played up. So when I was third grade, I played on sixth grade team. Oh, wow. And I got into high school. I went tenth grade. I was playing on the, 12th, on the varsity team. Then I became all region, all state, uh, and I was recruited by a lot of schools, and I ended up going to Virginia Commonwealth my first year, and then two years, and then I went graduated from Virginia Tech, and that's pretty much. And after that, my career in coaching took off. So you're originally from Virginia? Yeah, Danville, Virginia. Two up, two down. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever want to did you ever want to play professionally I, I thought i heard you say at the beginning of our opening that you kind of wanted to play professionally and if so what team that well i did want to play professionally but my senior year i stayed hurt ended up cracking a bone in my foot fifth morning uh -huh. torso uh and then I, on my shooting hand i ripped my skin between my fingers and i had like five stitches so i was out like twice yeah i know <laughs> it doesn't sound too good but it was bad uh we were at st bonaventure but 
Uh, I'd stayed hurt for some reason my senior year. And so the idea of playing professionally, I never got the opportunity to play in the NBA. I was just as good uh, before the injuries, but uh, I had to go with plan B. And so right. I stood around the game and coached. Well, you know, we had a back-to-back high school basketball team here in Beaumont. Went back-to-back to state and won the state. Uh, the Beaumont United uh, Timberwolves. So that's some some basketball um, um, stars here. That uh, if you was in the coaching business, you'll still be you can recruit from the backyard back here. You know these guys here. Well, you know what? If I was still coaching. That would be fertile ground for me. I know uh, Coach David Green, he and I go yes, way indeed. back. I mean, yeah, years. Uh, I'm talking about 20-some years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we were able to recruit some players out of Beaumont. When I was at Lamar, our whole philosophy was to start within and work our way out. Yeah. And so uh, we had uh, a couple guys. Kaysen, uh played for us from from Ozan, the little point guard. Right. Good. And uh, Tyra, TJ Atwood from Central. Uh, mm-hmm. We had him on the team. Then we went over to uh, get uh, Colton Wise brought over in Nederland. Nederland. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we had a few guys from the area, and they all did well. It's a tricky thing when you recruit local players, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're good, they'll play. But if Coach. they're not playing, you got people in the community saying, man, I'll leave, man, because you should be playing. You know, and then yep. all of a sudden the kids start, uh, well, really get their mind twisted yeah. up and they're not locked in. So let me ask yeah. you this. What made you decide to write this book? Um, I had been planning on writing a, this book um, for a number of years. I collecting data the whole time. And uh, I had a little free time uh, when I was doing TV with ESPN Plus. I'd work like three days a week. And like the other three, four days, I started compiling all the the data that I had put together. And I started organizing my chapters. Humble Beginnings uh, was one of my chapters. Locker room, inside the locker room was one, a coach's wife. And that's what people don't understand. The coach's wife probably had the toughest job because she's the coach of the coach. That's right. Right. That's right. All the ignorant comments in the stands (laughs) about her husband. And, and, but she got to keep it classy the whole time. And then she got to deal with me after loss. I'm not easy to live live mm-hmm. uh, I can imagine that. Oh yeah, after man, that's <laughs> so much time in your preparation. Right, and then you right. come home, and she's got to. She'll meet you at the door. She right. got a sandwich and your soup, and we mm-hmm. sit there and look at the game after the game. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, she sit there the whole time with me, but she's a good basketball wife because she knows the game. We talk the game. She know when to shut up. She knows how to get out the way. She also knows, you know, the game where we can have an intelligent discussion. So uh, I met my wife at a Final Four. So I knew then, uh, and we talked basketball uh, on our first date. 
And then our first <laughs> few days, we we had to go to church. It wasn't none of that dating. Dating. Mm-hmm. We were going to church, and uh, I knew then she was the one for me. Yeah, well, she's she's classic. <laughs> Tell I say hello. Yeah, I, I will, man. Yeah. Bought, she, I will never forget when you all first came to Beaumont. What, what year was that? Two thousand ten. Y'all bought a car from my, one of my dealerships. Yeah, yeah, we Boy, bought a I car. I tell you, that was uh, a her hard nephew. sale. Yeah, that was a hard sale because she controlled everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all wise dude. All wise dude. Yeah, so, I was about to say you heard her. She had some spunk in her. <laughs> yeah, she just letting you know, man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> We looking for a deal. That's yeah, what the, that's that's what the that's whole that's thing it. was about. So, so Tick, we kind of lost our Facebook connection earlier. I, I, I don't know what it is. They think somebody was trying to get into my account or whatever. But we are on the, uh, right now YouTube, uh, Twitter, and uh, uh, LinkedIn. And we, I will just flip it over and have the, this this show recorded on uh, uh, Facebook after we have completed here but um so we're still there and we'll be on spotify we'll be on um, google uh, uh sounds we'll be, we're everywhere so uh i want the message Every to get out about your book. We got. Yeah, yeah i want you to make sure we just got a bad connection with facebook today uh i know i don't know what happened but anyway that's why you know we invest in a lot of uh, uh social media accounts so that we can keep the show going uh, but uh, I've got some folks online here that that just just love you, like Mary Williams. She said, "Hey, Coach, uh, we miss you and so much, uh, so much here in Walmart." Hey, Mary, yeah. I appreciate, I yeah, appreciate she, you. Uh, and as she go bragging about the Beaumont unit in Timberwoods. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know her and Joe. They go. We all go to church together. Oh yeah, and Andy, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. John uh, Adolph. Jan, uh, John Adolph. Did, did a good my, word, but my friend. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, oh, listen yeah. now. Uh, now, now, what are your you, what is your plans on? What are you planning on doing now, Tick? I know you're still a young man. You still got coaching in your blood. Uh, I mean, I, I know you got. I know you got something in store. I know it's something there that you've got going on, or you got your mind on. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've been in the car business 46 years. Okay, yeah. and it's in my DNA. And uh, now listen to this. Before I was in in in, in uh, an automobile business, I was in the radio at the age of thirteen. So what I'm saying is, once you get it in your blood, look what I'm what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. You can't keep it out. So you know, even right now today at my age, I'm saying, well, let me see if I can find me another dealership to purchase. So. I can keep it going, you know, but I know you've got your eye in the fire somewhere. But coaching is more of like a networking and knowing who who you know. And do you have plans on going back coaching again? Right now, I'm just kind of wide open. I hadn't. It's a different culture now. Yes, uh, it is. With this, uh, they got the NIL, which is the name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to recruit a kid. You're you got to have some business people to be able to uh, give him them money. It's co-sponsor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, that's, it's that's illegal, a double, that's but a, it's legal. Right. That's and a then, double-edged sword thing there. So Yeah, and then the transfer portal, man. If a kid not happy, they leave right away. Right. It's no loyalty yep. involved. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more old school. I'm loyal to my players, and I expect them to be loyal to me. Uh, but right now, I got about two or three things that I'm looking at doing. Uh, I'm gonna see where this, this ESPN thing takes me. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I've got some business ventures outside of coaching and right and right, TV right. that I'm taking a good look at, but I'm real open-minded at this point. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, that's good, man. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And uh, uh, but you know, you know, I always said when that when that happened, when God closes one door, He opens up a bigger yep. door somewhere else. Absolutely. You know, He's He's always He's a, He's amazing. You yep. know, it's something we can't even describe. How you know we can't imagine the things that He has in store for. If yep. we stay focused, keep the pay, walk His path, we got it made. Absolutely. I know, I know. You mentioned grandkids, but I got nine of them. Has that, has that slowed you down some and changed your focus some on coaching? It has. Uh, I'm here in Baton Rouge. My <laughs> wife and I are one of them, uh, Bella. Um, she's in Baton Rouge. That's where we ended up moving. And then I've got two in New York, which is a little bit further away. But we just Facetimed the three my three granddaughters on Sunday, man. And it just it just lifted it lifts you up when you see them yes mm -hmm. yes and uh, it changes you it does it does so yeah. um anytime i get a chance to see them or, or facetime or, I, we have bella quite often because she's right here near us um and i have it like on the weekend we go get pizza and, and yeah. maybe we'll read a book and play games uh it's been Grandpa stuff <laughs> Well, that's it. I don't. Hey, I still love the game of basketball. I love football, and and uh, and I just can't wait till the little seasons are around so that I can start watching it all over again. Yeah. Well, I know you got one more question about that locker room. Yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, I know you look at you, Granny. Go ahead, Francis. Oh no! I just want to know the team. I want to know the team. I'm so interested in that. That's one place I've never had an opportunity to visit. Now that corporate that that really want to know about the locker room. She's she jumped off. Yeah, she's she's backstage. But you can go to Amazon. you can order it off Amazon. How do we get this? How do we get this book? Yeah, yeah. Go tell to, us about the book. The Amazon link. Show it up. Show it on the screen. I'm gonna wait a minute. I'm gonna do this. How about you got to go to the Amazon link, and you'll see this. Are we what see it? Hold it up. Yeah. It? Locker room talk. Locker room yeah. talk. Locker room talk. Or you, my wife said you can Google Tick Price on Amazon and it'll pop yeah. up. Tick okay. Price locker room talk, and it'll pop up. Okay. Is it on Audible? Yeah, it's on Kindle, uh, Kindle. hardcover, yes, and, and soft copy. Awesome, awesome. Oh, I'm an uh, audiobooks guy myself. There uh, it is. And it's, and it's really good to have the uh, the hardback or the, the real book in your hand while you're listening to it. So be looking. Be looking, Coach. Like I said, I've been, I've been knowing of a tick price since 1999. Um, <laughs> Central High School with Edward Garrett and uh, Skip Skolowski. Uh When we, when Central won state uh, in 1999. So Beaumont, like you said, Coach, Beaumont is ripe oh, yeah. for uh, NBA um, uh, stars. Um, and <clears throat> we we have, what, uh, Perk. Perk is, you know, Perk is who we got now. And, and uh, Perk is spitting. 
country little Beaumont uh, verbiage all over the place. So. Oh yeah, Ferg uh, <laughs> is taking it to another level, man. I'm yeah, really yeah. proud of what he's doing. Uh, you know, I had a Beaumont guy on my staff uh, when I was at Lamar, Brandon Chappelle. He was Brandon. from Beaumont. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right, 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 right. He played with Perk. Yeah. 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 Looked like Francis might be ordering that book over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on, on it. I see. I'm on it. it on she got quiet, so I, and her head was down the whole time. So getting ready to do it myself. So she tried. She tried. Which friends trying to see if, her, if she if she if she's in one of the chapters? Yeah, I called my number a couple times. Yeah, well, my next book might I might put you in there. Y'all called that number a couple times. I said, oh oh. <laughs> this book is more, is more to this book than just basketball, though. This book is about life. Life. You know, it's about inspiring people that may be yeah. going through. I'm using that as a tool from through athletics uh, to inspire and motivate people. Uh, but you can uh, apply this to real life situations. Uh, so it's a it's a book that uh, I think can be a resource to anybody that interested in uh, maybe sports, that may be interested in just life in general. Mm -hmm. right. I will say on, um, what is this? Uh, National Teachers Appreciation Day? Or was that yesterday? Is that today? I yeah, yesterday. yesterday. I'll show you appreciation. Yesterday. I show you appreciation uh, as, a, as an educator, as a mentor, uh, not to just uh, basketball players, like you say, but to uh, individuals that will eventually groom other individuals. So uh, I salute you, coach. And again, it's always good to see you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Well, coach, that's got to wrap, it, wrap us up here today. We enjoyed it. And fun. And uh, just give us a last word, and we're going to get on out of here. Well, I really appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, but I want to leave you with this thought. All right? Win the power of the mind every day. Win the mind of power every day. No. Win the power of the mind every day. Every day. Right, 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 right. I love it. I got you, Coach. Hey, Coach, you got some folks. So you got your fan club still here. You've got uh, Pamela Bonwell. She says she bought the book and can't wait to read it. Great, Coach. So much knowledge. Uh, I appreciate okay. you. Okay. Pam, I thank you for buying the book. Yeah. Thank you, Pam. Uh, that's uh, Ryan. That's your, is that your son? That's my son, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, my yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's my family. He said, I'm a little biased. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little biased, but yeah, yeah. it's good. Now, Ryan is a coach at uh, Southern University. Really? Right there in Bete Rufio. Yeah. Right there, right there, right there, right yeah. He's yeah. one of the reasons why we're here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Ryan. Right, right. Hey, right, coaching is, a, it's a, and a, the coaching has changed. Um, when I say change, uh, it is just, um, it's a business, you know, and uh, now the kids has got into it as a student and it's, it's, it's hard. Whew. 
I don't. I could be a close dad. Oh no, shoot. Yeah, it's it's, it's different. different, world. It's different. We got different kids and come from different uh, background and different. Uh, I don't know. I just it's just crazy. Tony, yeah, you going I, I, to... got, I got to address this. Uh, Mary Williams said, "Paul Paul Price." <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, Paul is for old folk. My, yeah. my grandkids call me Pops because I'm cool. Like right. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to change my name from Paul Paul too. Then. I'm yeah. Gonna... <laughs> Paul Paul. Oh. Yeah, you like make you. me seem like I'm 80 years old. No, 91. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all them grandkids you have. God, yeah, I love all nine of them though. So yeah. well, I, know your, I know your Easter holidays were full. That's okay though. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You only live one time, so hey man, I so, could imagine. I, yeah, hey guys. I was just about to say, I bet you you build all kinds of new memories every day. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hope you got a basketball player in there. I got one. <laughs> hey man. Well, Tick, it's great to have you on board, man. I'm glad to have you as our guest. I'm excited about it. And um, we'll get with you good luck with your book. Um, and uh, again, we're going to come back and visit with you again one day, hopefully, when you become famous behind that book. All well, right. Sounds good. Uh, and and, 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 and Francis. Book club. And Francis. <laughs> <laughs> and Francis, put the word out. Tell all your girlfriends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this book a bestseller. Before we leave, Coach, <laughs> just, just pick me this. Before we leave, Coach, what chapter is Francis in? <laughs> it, it had to be somewhere between 2009 and 2011. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching uh, and to our podcast, Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. We're here every Sundays and Tuesdays at 7 o'clock every week. Thank you again, Coach. Good Thank luck. you. All right, bye. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages.